0: that right? The big bad
1: punisher. I am! the I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to the midweek edition of the WOCast. Joining me, as always, it's Jasanga Malata.
2: What's good, people?
1: And G? hey! Hey! And last, but by no means least, Kairos Bodley. Howdy. <laughs> Thank you all for joining me as always. How are you all? How, how, how's, how's life in the world of, uh, well, the real world, for those of us who, um, unlike myself, spend, spend time in the real world and um, get off Twitter occasionally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, it's, it's, been, it's been good today. Today's just been an admin day for me. So, yeah, I've just doing shit that i really should have been doing weeks ago <laughs> but it's just the king of procrastination here that's what i should have as a t-shirt
1: how about you g what's going on with you what's good
0: no just catching up on some uh, assignments from school and stuff some academic research when i'm not you know logged into twitter but yeah just chilling
1: <laughs> man like kairos what you up to
3: it's nothing crazy. I'm just scanning the Tri-State area for any free, like, housing equipment, whether it's, like, desks, chairs. I'm putting together a studio. I'm going to build a spaceship. I'm very happy. Nice.
1: You can hear the Space joy Force and excitement. Kylos. Yeah.
3: Yep, We're going to film a movie. I don't know if it's going to be Triple X or if it's going to be, like, something else, but it's going to be a movie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let me chill out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what kind of movie? What kind of studio? What's going on over there, Kairos? It's for a video. You'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Can't wait. Speaking of can't wait, there's a few more weeks to go until um, something which I'm teasing now. And uh, I'm going to leave a pregnant pause. Something which me and the rest of the team have been working on. And um, let's just put it this way. Um There will be loads of shots being fired. Uh, In about a couple of weeks, we are working on something new, something a little bit different, and um, definitely on brand. But um, stay tuned, there's a couple of changes coming up. But just bringing it back to this week, as usual, us four have uh, things to get off our chest, as usual, things which we uh, we need to uh, bring to the fore and to publicize. And um, I have to say, it's with great pleasure that we're going to open up the floor. And I think, you know, this time, and just for a change, we're going to start with G.
0: Oh, boy. put me right on the spot off the (laughs) rip. (laughs) Okay. I kind of like that, though. All right. So... Guys, I'm gonna handle the TMZ hot take of the week, okay? And that hot take is Platinum Princess, the former wife of Mike Perry. So, you know, Danielle Nickerson, the Platinum Princess, announced on Instagram that she would like to be a guest on Ariel Helawani or Joe Rogan, and she alluded to domestic violence assault while making this request, and I'm gonna read it for you verbatim. She said, what happened is not okay. It's never acceptable. It's still happening every day to others. It's time for someone to speak up, to be brave, and to tell the truth. I'm ready to talk. Who's ready to listen? Now, fellas, before we break down that hot mess, we need to talk about and get the listeners up real quick. We know Danielle is a former pro tennis player that married Mike last year, 2019. Mm -hmm. During that year, they self-promoted their marriage, okay? They self, excuse me, they self-promoted Mike Perry through the marriage. They got us invested when they had two marriage ceremonies on IG. They made cute sparring videos and then they would discuss each other like in videos and be all lovey-dovey. I remember Mike went on Ariel Helawani and discussed her and discussed the marriage and it was so cute. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not really into this type of shit, but I loved it. And I, come on y'all, y'all didn't think they were cute when they were together? No, they were. Yeah, you kept no. Shut up, Kyros. I'm saying no. (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. You said
3: y'all, we. There is no (laughs) we or us. Okay. Okay.
0: I thought she was. I thought it was cute, and I also know a lot of other people thought their relationship was cute. Like there are other fans like me that. Yeah. Right. Chisanga was like, I did right. So. (laughs) So. So. I know, Kairos, you want me to fight you? Ky- we can fight. Yeah. Kairos doesn't
4: believe in don't happy endings. No, I'm just joking.
3: you don't want no, no, to know. No, 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 I'm end. just joking. I'm just
4: joking. So
0: Kairos did not think they were cute, but some of us did think they were cute. I got it. Mm. So let's fast forward to 2020 COVID-19. And as Fight fans, we were just happy with whatever Dana can put together for us. So here comes Mike Perry in the middle of this with a new girlfriend. So I don't know about y'all, maybe not Kairos, but most of us were like, Who this? Like, who is this woman? And where is your wife? You know what I mean? Like, there was no exit strategy. There was no drama. COVID-19 hit. We forgot about Mike. He showed up with a new girlfriend. And the crazy thing is, is that she turned out to be his coach. And then while she's coaching him, where is she? I'm still wondering, where is she? And then on top of it, she's nothing like... um, Platinum Princess. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way whatsoever, but I just feel like Platinum Princess was an upgrade for Mike. Like she kind of <laughs> she kind of made him like normal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like she made know. him normal. She made me be like oh, he's not that bad or crazy. Look at the woman that he's with. Professional athlete. She's funny. She's smart. And they were a wholesome couple, so it kind of took away from the mic that was being racist or, like, the one that said something. You know, like, the mic that we know. She kind of cleaned him up. And I don't get that from LaTori. I get from LaTori that she's really sweet and supportive, but I'm also, like, really concerned. Like, she's bringing out the big sister in me. Like, girl, how old are you? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, does your mom know you out here with him? Because he's, like, the epitome of a bad boy. But legal or not, I'm, I'm concerned for her. Both wonderful women. But as fight fans, we were confused. And I'm going to tell you, I was even more confused when Mike and Lotore went out to dinner at a Mexican restaurant. And a video popped up of him verbally abusing his new girlfriend and saying, you are not on my side, bitch, after he beat up an old man. Mm. And yes, that is verbal abuse. I've seen some debates about it. That is textbook verbal abuse. He called his girlfriend a bitch and then he shamed her for not taking his side after he was abusive and violent to an old man. And this was on video. And we all freaked out when we saw it. Like, the internet blew up. Then, y'all, the next day, we blew up even more. Why? Texas police said, hey, y'all, it's even worse. They made a statement saying, he not only punched an old man, he punched his girlfriend's friend, who happens to be a woman. That is important. He punched a woman in the face. And then he also, you know, he did assault that old man. We're going to charge him with a misdemeanor crime. That shit was so bad that it caused an uproar online. And then even Dana tried to get ahead of it. Dana was like, oh, I saw that shit coming. Shit, I put him in a program. You know what I mean? No, Dana, you know this shit is getting out of control, so now you have to say something as the face of the company. You didn't see nothing coming. You didn't care. Right, exactly. Mm. But my point being is that this is a huge big deal. It's affecting the fans. It's affecting the president needs to speak on it. So I was a bit back too when she made this post and our fans that were just in love with her just invested in the relationship like I described and not to mention this woman not only promote this excuse me not just this woman but this couple created a brand while they were married she if you go on her website y'all if you click on a link it says platinum princess apparel and I'm like the fuck I had no idea that she patented the name and then that that they did this when they were together So fans are invested in her. She was able to create a a clothing apparel. So, yes, you didn't know that. And it's patented. So I was kind of like a bit taken back when fans were like, they saw the video we all read the article about the Texas Police Department confirming that it was worse than what we saw. And also, when you watch a video, it's like you're in the room. It's like you're there. We all saw him punch that old man. We all saw him verbally abuse that woman. We all saw him walk in there, also with a new girlfriend, and we don't even know where the last one is. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? So I was a bit perturbed when fans, when, when um, excuse me, Platinum Princess announced that she wanted to talk about this, that... Nobody wanted to support her. Instead, everybody forgot that we fell in love with her and that she had invested so much into his career, made a brand out of it. They turned on her. They're mad that she's still using his name, but they loved it when she was Platinum Princess with him. Um, They saw the video. They saw the abuse. They actually were upset about it, but when she announced that she wanted to talk about it, they went in her mentions, they called her a slut, they Mm. said she was a lying bitch because of the timing of when she was going to speak, and I couldn't believe that I was engaging in several arguments online with men that was like, she's looking for money, she's doing this, and nobody was like me, like, maybe she's, you know, we need to let one, victim speak, and two, I mean, we just saw him like on video acting like a criminal and we're all concerned for his new girlfriend and he even announced that he's becoming a father with this new this woman and none of us are like, "Yay, that's going to be a great wow. thing." Right? So, why did the fans t- take his side and and demonize her when it's kind of obvious we have a problem on our hands here and she wants to talk about it? Cuz
2: some people are fucking idiots. Excuse my French.
0: Yeah. But I mean, the reason why I'm asking y'all is because I always do this to y'all, because y'all are men, and it's mostly men that are saying this. And secondly, I don't mean to like, you know, shit on y'all, but I don't watch any other sports. Is our fan base just trash, or is it like this in other sports? Y'all watch other sports, soccer, football? Are fans like this in other sports? Because I'm taken back by their response.
3: Yes, they are, and... But go ahead, go ahead. I, I have to do, I do say, though, that MMA definitely has their demographic forms, you know, mm-hmm. they what well, I, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, if, yeah. Say it. Okay.
3: Say it. There's what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, all right. Speak, speak, speak freely. I do it every week, Cairo. so let mm, it out.
3: <laughs> the majority of the people in this fan base, they came around in the 90s. And a lot of these people we got to think to ourselves what do you think the age demographic spread of this is i think the majority of these people are probably like i'd say early 20s and on is probably the majority Mm -hmm. of the fan base sure there's new fans who came around because of connor and a few other people and ronda brought in her own demographic of people too but based off of that it's probably male dominated too so you have these echo chambers of people constantly reaffirming their beliefs throughout facebook or throughout instagram or throughout twitter so right. then it just becomes a part of who they are as a person i'm not coming here and oh. i'm not defending these people because they should know okay. better like nah. i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and be like yeah you know they they got a point she is seeking attention no, but no i'm
0: not i don't mean to cut you off kairos but guys just because i blatantly just showed my side of things or my perception if you think that her timing is off or if you can un, you know like if you have an opinion about this too speak up as well. I'm not saying... You know what I no, mean? No, like, no. I don't want you guys to be like, oh, just like, speak up. If, if the timing... If you can interpret why they were upset or what's their problem, is it the timing, is it, you know, whatnot. But Kyros, keep going. I just want you guys to speak freely is what I want yeah. to say. But go ahead.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to get into. I don't necessarily think it was the timing. I think it was the way that she went about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's on Instagram and she puts up a picture of him holding her mouth and it's all like... It's a... Like, if we're just going to be real it looks so so much like a youtube clickbaity video to like get you into like watching it i feel like that's the thing that got people um put aside like that's what made people feel a certain type of way about it the people who were like calling her a slut and all that stuff they're wrong I, you can't really yeah. defend that but the people who necessarily don't like it it's because once she did that and she went about it that way and then at the bottom she's like I got to tell my story let me call out the two biggest names in the sport right now so I can tell my life story as if we aren't in the age of technology where she could have easily just gone on IG live and talked about it easily gone on Twitter live and just talked about it easily recorded a video and posted on any but can social I ask media you a question? platform yes
0: if you want to be heard and you have something really important to say, and you kind of, she prefaces that with what I read, which is like, I'm ready to talk, who's ready to listen? She's alluding to domestic violence. Wouldn't you want the biggest platform in the community to discuss something that? Um, serious? Of course,
2: of course, is, there's there's nothing wrong with seeking the biggest pl- platform because obviously it's as you said it's, it's it's a serious issue and sadly in this day and age and I I can't believe I'm even saying that some people still make light of domestic violence and as you've right. as you've seen with the initial reaction to to her um to her post they um they doubt the validity of the the accuser's claims it's it's so it's so yeah. it's so often they are they're uh, they're innocent until proven guilty and. While that mantra does ring true to a certain extent, we have to, as a society, move forward. And and, and we also, you, you you have to find a way to, to convey that, but at the same time, not cast doubt over the accuser. If you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I do know what you're saying. But it's yeah, we can do that. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Harris.
3: I was going to say we can do that, though, without having to take sides. Yeah, I think you should have an ability to state your life, your reality and what's going on with it. But I think when we're talking about something that's going to probably well, it is already into a court case, this is already passing through the criminal justice. And I don't necessarily think that you should be talking about current court cases, publicly period point blank, like no matter if you're the plaintiff side, no matter if you're the defense, like I, I don't necessarily think that you should be talking about the exact details of that sort of thing. Because
0: yeah, I don't. You think can see they, the conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have anything in litigation or court right now between the two of them because I did a little research on this topic. But they mm-hmm. they have nothing in court that will. I see what you're saying, Carlos. But that's not really going to affect anything because there is nothing in litigation. But what I saw because I did not perceive her message like that. I did think the the photo was corny, but I but I also don't think that I can tell a victim how to speak. Or who to speak to and how to and what platform she wants and I also feel like if she wants to make a buck or something from this too like it's tacky she can still help somebody in the process of doing that and I don't really feel bad that she's going to maybe profit from um, Mike Perry especially if he has harmed her Mm -hmm. in any way I don't you know what I mean like why would I why why suddenly that should be fair if he was abusing her or if things went on in their relationship that was pretty horrible, I'm not really mad at her if she does make a buck from this, is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, I don't give a yeah. shit. He's a bad, if, if he's a bad person and she's going to make money from this, I actually, good for you, girl, because maybe that helps with whatever pain or suffering he puts you through or whatever you had to grow from. Yeah, girl, get you a buck or two. We, and it's also we, not new to us either tina turner still has her last name ike turner beat the shit out of her you know what i mean Uh like she kept her name and kept making money so this isn't nothing new so i was kind of shocked that people don't understand that women create brands and also men create brands while they're married and you still get that money when the relationship ends i don't understand why people were so nasty about that but go ahead mike i cut you off
1: no i was about to say that there's never a right time to raise domestic abuse sexual abuse Issues. so for her to wait until the right time there would never be that time exactly. she would be quiet be silent and i think that's what a lot of male abusers do rely on the silence of women because as soon as anything is ever said it's always shouted mm-hmm. down regardless of whether it's sexual mm-hmm. violence whether it's yep. domestic abuse whether it's um uh mansplaining i mean things which i think should be you know when they happen should be uh, taken seriously aren't and i think that this kind of like underlines the misogynistic like nature mm-hmm. of of twitter you know getting back to the platform that you know i think to to a certain extent can be a cesspool mm-hmm. of ideas and ideology whether yeah. it be racism whether it be sexism and just as we're talking about sexism what other way in which Could she have actually brought attention to this via uh, a platform which is so widely used? And the fact is, this is the correct time. There is never, ever uh, an incorrect time. I think that the main point which kind of like irked me about this is that this seems to be a cyclical um, aspect of, um, well... (laughs) what disgusts me about like men i know this isn't a man bashing session but let's just call it as it is that Mm -hmm. there seems to be this kind of like notion that women should be subjugated they should be belittled and whenever Mm -hmm. they raise anything you know which has basically kept um the the fact that men aren't perfect in check as well that you know that in itself shouldn't be discussed it's like What planet are you on? This is 2020 now. This should be a platform where people should feel, you know, that being Twitter, that you can actually, okay, speak your mind, but be heard.
0: But can I also share something with you guys? Mm -hmm. Um, I tweeted that I thought she was brave. Like, I didn't interpret any of this the way that the guys did as far as her wanting to go on Joe, the picture and all that stuff. I wasn't, it didn't trigger me. What happened with me was like, wow, she's really brave because I don't know any woman that gets on a platform and talks about the shit that happened to her with a man that doesn't go through shit afterwards. Like... Um, the woman that um, You know I, You guys are not From the states But that woman That contested The, the Supreme Court nomination She's had to move So many times mm-hmm. And she's also Going to have problems After she speaks On the Hello Wani show Or Joe Rogan Like she's going To be a target And she knows that And she's still Going to speak And I'm going to be Honest with you If I was her I would just move on I would sell My clothing line I would oh. not address The new baby And the new girlfriend Because I am wow. not built To like deal With that type of response but and i think the fact that to, she did this and yeah. like it's why women don't say shit you see right now g the y'all the girl that y'all know and talk to and chill with i would not have done what she said because the aftermath of speaking up is bad all she did was allude to going on ig and she got threats and all types of shit wait till she speaks yeah i would never do what she's doing is and very that's very why brutal. women shouldn't don't speak case, up yeah like she I mean, didn't even the and case. then she didn't do it in a way that people liked so so she's lying, the timing, how she did it, who she tagged. I, would, I wouldn't have said shit. That's why women don't say nothing. I would, Me personally, shout out to her. She's brave because after she speaks, they're going to attack her. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to corroborate or whatever the word I'm trying to think of. It's going to solidify why I would not have said shit and why women don't say shit either. Mm. I totally get it.
2: She deserves credit for coming for coming forward. Like I
0: absolutely
2: and it was great. Yeah. I, I
0: wouldn't
2: do it a hundred percent. And <laughs> I, I'm sure that even prior to her um, relationship with Mike falling apart, I'm sure she was privy to what MMA Twitter and what MMA Instagram uh, the cess- yes. the cesspool is like. So I'm sure she mm-hmm. she's well aware of the the backlash, which is wrong, and yep. it just it, it, me even saying that she's receiving a backlash boils my blood because any victim of any Me crime too. should be able to come forward and not receive backlash and not have their emotions have their motives questioned and, and, Automatically, and
0: they, they also act like this is a bad thing do you know that she could help herself him the nuke that girlfriend someone else listening going through the same shit exactly don't you understand when people talk about things and you do it on a big-ass platform you can help other people that are in the same situation and just because i'm an advocate for her speaking doesn't mean that mike shouldn't have a voice either perhaps he goes on the show Mm -hmm. because when people like mike and her talk it helps them heal and it helps other people that are in the same situation so let her speak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's unreal, and it was so disheartening. That's why I was like, I can't wait to talk to y'all, because I'm like, does this shit happen in hockey, Twitter, soccer, Twitter? Does <laughs> it, are women fucking hated in other sports? I'm sad over here.
2: <sighs> N- yeah, you know? it's,
0: uh, I don't watch nothing else, so uh, I don't know.
2: Unfortunately, there is a cesspool across most sports, but for some reason, mm-hmm. and... It just seems that ours it's it's more prevalent. I, I I don't I don't yes. know what it is. I, I I don't know what it is. Like I mean, we have interactions with with people. We have fiery debates with some people on online and what have you. But most most of the interactions are good. But there are, I don't know, there are these people out there yeah, who some
0: people that'll scare you. Yeah, yeah, it's.
2: <laughs> Yeah, the, the views that some people mm-hmm. hold, and just the way that they they respond to people, and some of the things that they excuse, the behaviors that they excuse, it's, it's just baffling. Yeah. It's it's just because you like. It. I mean,
0: for for to see that video, Chisanga. I'm sorry to. Cut no, you, no, on you I'm go. So terrible at that. I'm <laughs> That's that. cool. Um, <laughs> to, for them to see that video, and then for them to go in an uproar about his behavior, and then to fucking forget about the video, and then to say she was a liar. All because you didn't like the platform she chose, or because she, I, I couldn't. It's on video. Mm. There's exhibit
2: A, exhibit B, exhibit uh, yeah. C. Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. Right, and then because this, and then because this woman wants to talk about it, and then in my mind, I'm just like, so y'all thought he was an angel with platinum princess but suddenly became an abuser with a new girlfriend no it's called patterns toxic behavior Mm. verbal Mm. abuse it's indicative to physical abuse the woman has something to say why are y'all upset it don't make no sense i'm you know it just don't make no sense to me it's something that just kind of bothered me all day and once again fellas thank you for allowing me to vent it should bother you though that would bothers me no, a lot. I'm a woman, and if I was ever assaulted, I can see that if I wanted to talk about it, I would be shut down because, you know, I didn't do it the way in which you want me to do it. Oh, <laughs> there's know, no... Like- there's,
2: there's, as, as Mike said, there's no right way. There's no, there's no right time. There is no right it way. Just, yep. People who, who have gripes with with uh, victims of any sort of abuse, whether it be physical, mental, people who have gripes with those people coming forward, they're, they reside in the gutter that's that's the nicest way of me putting it
0: yeah
1: i think when when you were saying earlier Chisanga, that um it seems more prevalent in mma circles that there's toxicity toxicity and um basically just the cesspool mindset um it exists elsewhere i stumbled accidentally uh into um football twitter Man. Oh, me too. Oh God, yeah,
2: it's <laughs> it's bad. There don't want to well, go man. down there.
0: Ooh, I went viral. I don't want to go down
1: there. Mhm. Man, <laughs> actually, I think I think we were in the same dragging session because I'd mistaken a football. I know fuck all about football. I mistook a football, and it was just a a, a genuine mistake. Me I don't know football. I don't know the faces, and man, it must have gone on for about forty-eight hours. It was like <laughs> an entire <laughs> oh, dragon.
0: Mike they took my photo and it went viral like I had to meet the conversation and then the next day someone was like yo you viral and it had like two something million likes because the football (laughs) Twitter dragged me because I confused like you Mike I didn't know who this person was I was like oh he needs a haircut they were like do you know who he is yeah (laughs) And and then they you know my hair is all wild in the profile pic so they took my profile pic and was like look at this bitch's hair she had the nerve to talk about that god of a man that plays football I didn't know what I had done. I when I get dragged I hit mute and I just carry on my business. I don't entertain it. Uh
2: see I can't I can't do that. I have to see the responses. Like I have to I have to know and if there are particular ones that
0: I mean are, when I'm wrong. Yeah. I ignore you know oh, what I okay. mean? Like if okay, I like yeah. I was wrong. I said something about his hair and he was a legend and it's like you know, I felt like I came into their world and disrespected their Anderson Silver. So I was like, oh, I'm wrong for this. So I hit mute. <laughs> okay, but if enough. you come in my mentions and drag me, I'll fuck you up. Y'all know that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when I'm wrong, I'm quiet. If you drag me and I'm dead ass wrong, I'd be like, ooh, mute. Made a mistake.
2: <laughs> hey, that's a button I've never utilized on Twitter yet. Like the the mute uh, mute people in threads, and I actually should because you might tweet something and then days later, people are still arguing yes. between themselves yes. about stuff. And I'm like, come on, man! Like, surely just just let it go. Somebody has a different somebody has a differing opinion to you. Just let it go. Like, I mean, right? It's like, <laughs> <that's>
0: like <laughs> I've done. That's slept a great thing eight, about the world. We don't have to conform to the same views, fight, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So next up, who's
1: going? Is that you, Chisanga?
2: Um, Yeah, okay. So earlier this this week, or in fact, uh, yesterday, so not yesterday, it would have been uh, Tuesday, it got announced that Justin Gaethje will be challenging Khabib Nurmagomedov for the Undisputed Lightweight title at UFC 255 on October 24th. Now... Obviously this is a fight we all knew was going to happen after Justin beat Tony and broke my heart in the Tony Hibib. <laughs> the Tony Habib matchup is never going to happen there now, but uh the the backdrop to this fight is a sad one obviously with Khabib's father Abdulmanap sadly passing away from COVID-19. Um and for those of you who are new listeners and aren't aware of Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov, he was as well as Habib's father, he was his longtime coach and mentor, and like with many fathers, is he was Habib's hero as well. And now many speculated, myself included, that we possibly wouldn't see Habib back in the octagon this year, or maybe until this time next year, due to the the size of the loss. But Habib has shocked us all, and he's decided to get back with into the cage, lesson or just. Shy three months after the death of his father, and for me, given the the dragging that Habib has got for pulling out of fights, and even the whole situation with the Tony Ferguson fight, where he couldn't get to the United States due to travel restrictions, it just showed a crazy amount of mental fortitude and strength, and the type of strength that I don't know if myself, if I'd, I'd be able to exude if I suffered such a loss. I wanted to get your guys thoughts on it especially considering just just last week we were talking about the possibility of the division moving on
1: but you see that just shows his mental fortitude and dominance in the cage and outside of it because like we were discussing look this is uh you know just a difficult time for him but yet he's turning his attention to this as though you know look life goes on this is the way it appears i'm not sure if that's The sentiment, but you know, all all I'm saying is that it underlines for me how strong-minded he is.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, when uh, his father died, I didn't even doubt that he was going to retire early or anything. When I saw the fans selfishly like, "Oh, he's going to retire now," I thought the opposite. I was like, "When he comes back, he's going to kill." whoever he puts in front of him for that man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what does it say for him to retire On my dad died? That means you're giving up. That's not what his father would have wanted. Um, even though I don't know these people, I, can, I feel like I can say that. I feel like he has a whole country on his back. That man, is his father's also a celebrity. He's well-known. He's like a mentor to so many young wrestlers in that country. And you think re- mm-hmm. Khabib is going to retire? I would say that Justin has twice as hard as a fight because of the honor behind this fight. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna put more money on Khabib now. There's legacy behind this, and that involves his the his father. This is serious, and it gives me chills to be honest with you. And I think I still I think Justin is gonna lose, and I think this is the added umph that Khabib is gonna add to this. It's gonna be like his dad is watching him type shit. I'm telling you. Go ahead. Yeah, like last week,
3: obviously, I was leading the charge on saying that. If he didn't fight this year, he probably should be stripped based off of, like, past stuff, and you guys didn't agree, or you did agree, or however you felt. But at mm-hmm. this moment, like, I can't say shit about this, man. Like, oh, just like the similar situation with Jorge Maswell, just like the similar situations with other people. When these people finally make their decisions up and they um, decide what they're going to do, it turns out that I'm wrong, and I was wrong about this, dude, first and foremost. And... Uh, is is that tr- rumor true that he also said he's going to fight two more times and then he's going to retire? Or is that... I, th- like- I think
2: I, Ali said that, yes. Yeah. So there's probably a degree of tr- oh, There's probably a, a good degree of truth to that.
0: He wants Khabib. I know that is from... Not Khabib. Excuse me. Khabib wants GSP. I know that he said... Ah. Um, what's his name? Justin and then possibly GSP. I think he's looking for that legacy fight.
3: Okay. Well, I don't know if he's going to get that just because yeah, I, the man's been like 40 it. and he's been away. Right. But like... <laughs> But at this point, like, someone who's gone through stuff like this and a person, like, who's still, like, fighting and standing up to the call and answering the bell, I'm not going to even, like, get picky about it at this point because... Like we said, we're watching a once in a like an ever type of athlete. As much as I joke yeah. around about oh, fifteen fighters or Wikipedia fighters, da 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 da, talking all that trash, it's still impressive that you're at twenty eight and zero and you have not lost in all this time, and you've only lost what two three rounds. Like he's a phenomenal fighter, a phenomenal person. I may like joke around or pick at like things that he's done outside of the octagon, but you can never talk about what he's done inside, and you can never talk about. Now he's overcoming his adversity right now in present time and i really do think the true testament of a person is a person who can endure when it gets tough anybody can be strong when you have full strength but if you're mm-hmm. exhausted and there's two mm-hmm. minutes left in the fight or that you're exhausted and dead underwater and in a less dominant position getting elbows on you it takes a lot more of a person to get back up from underneath that stand the test and complete the task and i admire that tremendously
2: that's very true and now mm-hmm. you, you, you you touched on that i don't know if you guys saw Uh, Khabib's comment on the Joe Rogan uh, Instagram post today where he was saying that he basically seems that he wants to close out his career against GSP now even Mm -hmm. Dana White I think he said on Tuesday Tuesday night he said look he'd he'd give Khabib that fight considering everything that he's done for the company and helping grow the sport in Russia and uh, yeah so What's, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, GSP, how old would he be next next year? He'll be, what, 40? Yeah, I think he'll be 40 now. No clue. Uh, he, he'll, he's, he'll either be 39 or... He's up there. Or, yeah, he, <laughs> he's up there. He's up there. Yeah. But, I mean, I had, I, I had an honor and a privilege, and I will say it was an honor and a privilege, of uh, having a seat in the house at Madison Square Garden when uh, GSP came back to fight Michael Bisping. And he... Looked phenomenal. It, yeah, that was a special, special performance. Now, do you think he could have another two or three year layoff and then come back and then, <laughs> and then beat another can- well, beat a candidate for greatest of all time? I mean, I don't know. Part of me, the nostalgia part of me, says yeah, I think he could do it. But I mean, you've got to think logically. Now, you, you can't you can't let your your heart rule your uh, your judgment.
1: I think it would be lovely to see. It'd be a very romanticised ending to almost a fairy tale career for Khabib to beat the greatest or supposed greatest of all time, because that is what it would be. That is how I see it ending. Because for me, GSP is in the twilight years, if not at the end of his career. So I can't imagine that going up against this young lion, this dominant young lion, that it'll be anything but you know a, a, a five round shutout. But you know, in all honesty, I, I I I know this wasn't the sentiment of your question, but no, I don't want to see it. I want to see him close out his career against Connor. Oh, oh,
0: Connor. oh. he said Conor. Oh, oh damn! He always does this, y'all. Shit. He's been doing this oh, on the other show. Shit. He just comes out of nowhere with Connor talk. He does this with me. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! I, like, well, I'm why, be real. You almost... I agree. Yes. I, okay, I, I kind. He of... saw the guy fight. He's lost his mind since. Mike, remember that story you told me? You lost your mind. You saw him. Where'd yeah. you see Connor fight since that day? He's lost it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: had me. You had me thinking I was gonna be a believer in you. I believed in you, and you violated that trust. I don't. Know why. I, don't I don't know if I could ever come back. When it comes to Conor, Michael the thing is, have the...
0: no yeah. chill. The thing is,
2: like the UFC, gonna have to throw some dollar dollar bills at Khabib to to take that fight. they like. You're, you're you're probably talking what you, minimum like fifty million or something to convince him to take that fight because think of all the the build up the negative negativity that he's gonna have to go through again like I just oh but don't get me wrong I, it, it it would be yeah it would undoubtedly be the biggest fight in UFC history we all know this like the rematch yeah. but do 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 you, you want to see uh, what what there's no tangible evidence to suggest that. Connor could beat Khabib in a rematch. I know he was impressive against Cowboy and his timing looked good and what have you in his
0: accuracy. But, but you, you know what's going to make that fight fun, Chisanga? It's not the actual fight in the cage. It's going to be their fans going at it. Connor coming out his mouth. Khabib like, yeah, I right, and trying not to take up it personal. Be yeah, the yeah. build up is going to be disgusting. They're going to have to like... Do no fans for maybe the for like the conferences again. Like it's good. They're gonna yeah. have to have added security. The tension is gonna be what's gonna be lit. But I'm with you, Sangha. It's not a competitive fight, so I don't want to yeah. see it.
2: They better not do that shit in Russia because I ain't I ain't, ain't welcome in Russia after la- last week.
3: After after early this month, fucking. I mean, if we're. If, if we're looking at competitive fights, then I don't think he should be fighting GSP. I don't think that's going to be a competitive fight. I don't think so fight. either. I, I, do you know? No, I mean, don't. I think GSP wins. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. a more competitive I think GSP fight. Is
2: huge. That's a more competitive.
0: GSP's yeah. a huge person. You think he and wins not even like he, at forty years old? Yes.
3: I think their grappling cancels each other out, and they're forced to strike. That's how I see that fight going. And I know I've said some stupid <laughs> stuff. I'm sorry for back and page, Van Zant, y'all. I still, I'm still losing <laughs> sleep <laughs> over you know, that. I'm sorry about stuff. a lot of the other stuff I've done. But I am apologize. serious about this one. I am so dead ass about this. I really do think that if GSP came back to fight Habib Nurmagomedov, it's not gonna be, oh, Habib takes him down and holds him down for four minutes and fifty two seconds. It's gonna be Habib shoots for a takedown. He might get him down for two seconds. Then GSP stands back up and they start striking. And he GSP's you not afraid to get taken you, down. No,
0: yeah. but you think GSP has this the cardio and the conditioning at his age to keep getting back up for someone like Habib?
2: I think he does. He's always he's training. He's always training. Yeah. Media. My man. My man. Yeah.
3: My no, man. been he's in working shape. In the no, gym.
0: he's in shape. He's in shape. Can you? I just. I just, I just don't hold. know if I want to see a, I want to see prime George Saint Pierre fight prime Khabib, not Thank older you. GSP. It doesn't interest me. Well, do you, there do, you is know, a do you know? Do you know? that he could be slower. Even with him in the gym, there is a possibility that we'd be like, "Yo, GSP, slowed down." I don't know if I really want to see that. I agree with GSP. Retire on top. The, don't let people see you looking like bj and the other ones where it's like <laughs> man come on y'all. if you're
2: if you're talking about bj penn you better put some respect on his name that man is my favorite no, fighter, favorite yeah. fighter of all time no, and awesome. we're talking about uh prime gods fighting khabib i think a prime bj penn a, i'm talking about a prime bj penn i think he'd be khabib i genuinely do
0: i don't know he might submit him. I think, PJ's yeah, man. Is like he doesn't yeah. care about
2: being taken down. Do you remember? Do you remember his takedown defense? Threat. Like, well, I know Diego Sanchez's grappling it doesn't really compare or stack up to Khabib's. But do you remember when he had? He was hopping on one leg when Sanchez was trying to yes. take him down. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Also his takedown defense uh, Percentage is pretty high I don't know it off the top of my head But his yeah. takedown defense with any competitor is nuts And then when he does go to the ground He takes over and he's in control
2: And BJ's so I, he's only been knocked yeah. down once in the UFC He was only knocked down once And I know one of you are going to chime in and say Yeah but he got knocked out by that guy That's topless guy in Hawaii
0: And we're talking we're we're talking prime. We're talking we're talking B J that got smacked up by Frankie and out wrestled. Yeah. We're not talking about that one. But that's a good fight. I just, I'm just, i just like not tripping off GSP coming out of retirement. I'm in total agreement with him. I would do the same fight with him. I would retire on top. You're not about to see me fall apart in my career or get knocked out or cry in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then come back later. No, I'm going to go out on top, and I think he should remain on top and remain in shape. He probably does look good on IG. But yeah. I don't want to see the GSP where, is he declining? We don't need to see mm-hmm. that. His yeah. I don't want to see it. I want to see it either. But I
3: do... I want to see him fight actual active contenders, though, and if he wants to get his little money fight, fight Usman. Everyone's talking about how you can fight at 170, well, then go up. Because you might as well fight at 170 since you're talking about GSP. That's my issue with the whole thing. Yes. I don't want to see him fight GSP the same as how I don't want to see him fight Connor a second time, but at least Connor's in his weight class. Yeah. Khabib Out. needs to fight Tony too. I'm going to be real. Like as we all yes, keep wanna th- ducking yes. and Thank undercutting you, Tony Ferguson. I'm mm. not letting y'all do this to Tony again. He's giving but up everything for you people. Yeah, but y'all, yes. it's not
0: just Tony. Isn't that a part of Khabib's legacy? I feel like if Khabib retires without fighting Tony, I'm like, I not yes. that I'm going to question his legacy, but it's going to be like, damn, bro. Like It's going to be it's going to be bro. like
2: Lennox Ruiz Riddick Bowe like the fight that never happened that, that should have happened. happened. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I don't see how Khabib is just going forward with GSP right now. To me, he should be in Dana's ear like, "Yo, you did it for Aldo. Do it for Tony. I want to fight him. I want to fight him. I don't care that he lost. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be me. But he's he's hell bent on this legacy with GSP, and it's weird because GSP is out of his prime. Yes, he's in good shape, but it takes away from the competitive nature of it. And I also don't want to see a declining GSP. There's a possibility we could see that. that I don't think.
1: I don't think if you ask most fans who they'd rather see, Geriatric, St. Pierre, or Conor McGregor, which one do you think they're gonna go for? How dare you? No, come on, come on now. Oh my god.
3: They're gonna say Conor, they're gonna say Conor, you're correct, but here's the issue. Here's the issue with this whole situation. This is going to ruin the division. Either one of those two guys get the fights, it's gonna ruin the division. One, because Habib's retiring after that fight a b gsp fights let's say he wins he's he's gone too so now you got a person who doesn't have a belt sitting in the division all right fine he fights connor no matter who who wins that fight both them gonna retire too so it's just like why do we want to put the belt in the hands of someone who's not gonna defend it in the next few months after (laughs) just make it make him fight people are gonna defend
2: yeah i I get that but at the same time he
0: won't listen to me y'all
3: yeah
2: if there'll be interesting fights but Mike, just <laughs> stop, stop pushing, pedaling this corner thing. Like, don't peddling, I, I'm just, I'm just,
1: don't get me wrong. Hey, yo, you, you want some You Want some conner? <laughs> yeah. I got some come. good conner. I think so, yeah. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> You're up, Kairos. <laughs> okay, Mr. Hamzat Shamaya. Did I say that correctly?
1: Yep. Yep. yep.
3: Okay, I better have said it correctly. I've been practicing in the mirror. Okay, listen, guys he is an impressive fighter he is a force i'm not gonna sit here and say this man isn't a problem in the division i'm not gonna sit here and say that he can't take out people who are in the top 15 he absolutely right now at this very moment could take out people in the top 15 but should we make him face those people in the top 15 is the question no not right now you have two fights in the promotion you beat two guys one of them was making his debut the other one hasn't been doing too hot in the ufc right now and i get it you dominate them but let's just be real for a second there's a lot of people who could dominate those people and that doesn't necessarily mean that they should be fighting in the top 15 against Mm -hmm. top 10 Mm -hmm. and top 5 talent and if we're being realistic too the biggest issue is the journalists peddling this storyline i am so sick and tired of them (laughs) setting prospects up to fail you see Bloody Elbow put together an article saying that Dana White said that um he's maybe ready to fight Usman. They took that completely out of context. If you watch the video and hear Dana White say, he said, mm, maybe it was like a more so I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm also trying to be supportive of him saying that he can face these challenges. And like, what is he supposed to do? He's the he's a fighter. Is he supposed to say, nah, I ain't ready to fight them? And what's Dana supposed to be like saying, Nah, he can't contend against that person? No, you can't do mm-hmm. that. So of course they're gonna say these like disingenuous answers, and these people like Brett. Okamoto, these people who like are Ariel Hawani, all these people saying, oh, I think he should fight X fight. I think he should fight Tyron Woodley. I think he should fight Jorge Mauser. I'm like, are you people crazy? This man has eight fights professionally. And it's not similar to Israel Adesanya's situation where Israel had 50 plus kickboxing fights, pound pound, one of the best kickboxers in the world. And he had 12 fights of MMA competition before he even got to the UFC. So he got his learning burns. He's got his growth pains and he has stood the test of time. And let's not forget it's Israel Adesanya. It's not like this is the case for everybody. He is yeah. who he is. Are we really going to compare his situation to Hamzat's right now? It's not. They're not the same people. We can't sit here and keep throwing prospects to the fire and setting them up in the media. We did it with Yair uh, Rodriguez when he fought Frank yeah. Yeager. We also we did, did it with Cody with Johnny Garber. Walker. Sure, he won the remember championship, him? but then he dropped three straight. We did it
0: with Paige Van Zandt. We've done yeah. it with so He's, many he, people. He, he, he done, don't know. No, it's not me, but I'm just yeah. saying Like, remember Johnny Walker. Like, I refused to jump on that bandwagon yep. even though he was smoking everybody because guess what happened? When they <laughs> put him against me. Corey, he, he went to bed and then he had to go to Tristar to learn how to fight and then he left Tristar from what I'm hearing so like let fighters develop and I'm totally yeah. 100% with Carlos right. I don't want to see that scary serial killer grapple um, with anybody in the top 5 or 10 yet develop him
2: do you know who I want to see him grapple with and I think this this would be perfect it means that it's not anyone in the top 10 not even the top 15 and this person is still a, still a pretty good benchmark in the uh, in the welterweight division Gunnar Nelson Gunnar Nelson I think I think that would be the perfect I'd like that. perfect matchup for you, for him cuz Gunnar obviously elite elite uh, grappler but he's Gunnar's also got very good stand up as well so we'd be also get to see Hamza well, how he deal with a, a good striker so I think that's probably the fight to make but I agree with you like I mean as much as much as I I respect the 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 fellow scribes that you you listed there the the idea that they're it's, well, not the idea. The fact that they're pushing Hamzat to fight somebody in the top ten so soon, so green into his UFC career, it it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well. With, yeah, it's scare. It's scary. And as you say, Karis, we we have to manage prospects. Not do what they do in boxing, where they inflate their records They get them to like twenty undefeated, what have you, and then they put them in against somebody who might cause them a problem. But we have to manage it in a way wow. that sorry we have to manage it in a way that they can earn their stripes but at the same time be tested but you can't just chuck that man in the top 10 as scary as, as that motherfucker is and he's, he's, he's a scary man just the way that he picked up reese mckee and Reese's. well i'd say probably he was the the He was the best prospect in in, it's the best prospect in in the UK undoubtedly the best prospect outside of uh, the UFC and he just manhandled him he picked him up like my dad would pick me up when I'd done something bad and like (laughs) you know what I mean he mm -hmm. he
1: left Reese's in pieces Uh, Reese's in pieces might come on your bed shut up Mike I didn't want to say
0: anything I wanted to let it
3: go (laughs) you have a problem (laughs) <laughs> I got problems too <laughs> I I even think Millel might be a little bit like too far. I was gonna up, like, too, though. throughout Nico Yeah, like I think those t- may, like I was about to say Nico, but I think Nico's a tough fight too. Like right? yep. like maybe even let's just slow him down. Exactly, so, yeah. me slow, too. I'm with Kyrie. It doesn't have Kairos. to be crazy. It doesn't have, it doesn't to, have be to be this crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And they're doing it with Sean O'Malley, too. I, I saw some of that stuff today on the blogs. They were just like, enough already. Give him Cody Garbrandt. And I'm just like. What? I'm just. Yeah. And I'm just. <laughs> that? no. uh Phil, the MMA dude. Love you. Um, I know he listens oh. to the show. Um what's it called, Phil, a couple of other folks are like, Gina, they were in my mind, we discussed it this morning, yeah. it's so funny, they were like, F that Gina Cody, and I'm just like, thank God he got popped for steroids, because he'd be like, retired already if it was up to y'all, like, thank God, he, I hate to say it, but I'm glad he took a seat, and was able to go to the gym, and not, you know, like, USADA told him to take a seat, yeah. because the way they love him, they want to, they want to burn him out like Johnny Walker, too, I'm like, go ahead and give him Cody, and all those people y'all talk about, and when somebody that's experienced and knows the game, just connect and put him to sleep. Y'all going to be
2: sad. But I think in Sean they see shades of Conor McGregor's rise to prominence, if you know what I mean. So I think they're the people want to see that replicated and I think to a certain extent the UFC want want to replicate that because make no mistake about it, if he gets through Marlon they Vera, see
0: Conor.
2: Yeah. In Sean, oh yeah. I, oh well, uh, well, not not the same personality or what have you but the star quality the, the star starting. power oh. yeah the potential star the star power i mean i think sean o'malley he just recently launched his clothing line and it just literally it's already sold out
0: it's out of stock it's
2: out of stock already yep. so i mean that gives you some inc- inc- uh, inclination as to the the pull power that he's got already so and back to the mm-hmm. point that i was saying i was digressing if o'malley if he gets a uh, Another impressive knockout. If he starches uh, Marlon Vera, I-, I mean they're they're gonna strap the rocket ship to him, and they're yeah th- that's it. They're gonna it's only gonna be tough fights from there on out.
3: He's going to starch him, and that's the problem. That's yep. the issue right now. Yeah. When they first when they first set this matchup up, like two three years ago, I was like, this is not a good fight for cheeto at all a because i don't think he's as fast i don't think he's as mobile and i don't think he's going to be able to deal with the reads that sean throws at him and yes shot the, the people's comparing him to connor they know they're ahead of the curve because i'm dead serious like when i first saw him on the contender series and he had that crazy battle with i forget the dude's name he was like oh, I, I don't know his name but it, it was so phenomenal i was like okay this dude's a problem i started following him on social media he's been setting himself up to be a huge star when he finally gets those pay-per-view spots of him being a main event co-main event he already has cultivated millions of followers on social media he's adequately putting out content mm. on a regular basis and it's quality stuff it's not like trash of him just sitting in a basement in the dark like he's actually putting out some pretty good stuff he's going to be a massive star and he already is a pretty big one like he's he's that's the issue and he's going to get pushed very fast and i think that there's certain matchups where he, he can crush some guys in the top five some guys in the top ten similar with um mr uh Shemaya, but I think that there's still some fighters though that are gonna cause him some problems if he faces them too soon. Like I don't know how well he's gonna do if he faces Cody. I don't know how well he's gonna do if he faces like people like that. I just don't want to see it right now.
1: See, I hear where you're coming from. No, nah, I, I have you. to say, I I I I I like the what ifs or what <laughs> would you rather. I like the scenarios that take you back to the you know the school days of. You know, would you rather sort off your left bollock with a spoon or would you rather <laughs> eat a shit sandwich? I like that. I'm sorry. I'll just, I just out and out admit it. I like those scenarios. I like the, the, the probability of X, Y and Z. And I think as well, deep down, we all do because it does make us think. It does make us actually contemplate what could be and it does make us debate what is just such an incredible and ever-turning sport I mean who would have thought look at Kamzat Chimaev who would have thought that you have a human being in the cage twice in one month and not only that emphatic victories twice in yeah, one month man, come it's... on
3: push him push him push him we'll
1: have you to blame did, <laughs> did you did you uh,
2: hear did you see the interview he did with some russian guy i wish i knew his name so i could give a shout out to him but um hamza he flew to to ireland he was gonna pretend that he wanted he was gonna go train with conor mcgregor this was in the build-up to the khabib <laughs> fight wow. and he said that basically he, he was going to go over there with the intention of just beating the shit out of connor But um, (laughs) he got stopped at the airport. Very professional. Yeah, yeah. yeah, This was how many years ago? No, yeah, over two years ago. But he, uh, he, he, well, he he touched down in Ireland or or what have you, and the, the. the airport security they wouldn't let him through to begin with then they let him through and then he said that just as he was leaving the airport he then got taken to a police station and then he got sent back home so i don't know maybe if, I, I don't know how that happened I, I i doubt anyone at airport security would have been like oh this guy's from chechnya connor's been talking mad shit about <laughs> chechnya <laughs> we, we, we can't have him in the country do you know what i mean so yeah. but, i don't know but did you did any of you see their back and forth as well
3: So uh, apparently
2: So no so um, Hamza he put on his Instagram he put uh, A picture of him uh, Almost putting Reese McKee In a neck rank and he put At Notorious MMA chicken shush And apparently that was in Response to a tweet and delete from Connor Where Connor called him a rat lip
1: Ah wow
2: Um, Yeah
0: Uh, I (laughs) know I'm not surprised Uh, (laughs)
2: Ah Okay hypothetical I know it's not going to happen But who wins that fight If that fight was to happen Oh
3: now, my come on bro He's a welterweight Connor is not a, he got, Connor is not, not a, a welterweight.
0: welterweight And Connor would be smashed Just like Khabib smashed him
3: God I'm as, as,
0: as
3: much as a welterweight as Connor is Bro like come on Chip cut it out <laughs> Kairos isn't having it I don't like them. I don't like people acting like people are certain weight class. Like, bro, just because you're tall doesn't mean you belong here. Like, you guys really think James Vick is a welterweight? Mm, no, mm-mm. hell no, no. <laughs> you guys really think you guys really think Sean Woodson, six foot three, should be fighting at one hundred and fifty five pounds? No.
0: My friend thinks no. Cody is not going to be able to fight Figueredo. She was like, Y'all keep talking that shit. She, um, Steffi from Bloody Elbow pod- Podcast, she keeps saying that uh, she doesn't think he can even make that weight. He, she was like, He's tall. He's 5'8. I didn't even think of that till she said it. I don't know these people's heights or, you know. Cody, how do Cody's pretty was, tall, yeah. That's what she said. She was like, Cody's bigger than you think. So she was like, That talk of him fighting Figgy, she's like, Ah, she doesn't believe it. So we shall see. They I'm do all that. They him
3: though. off of that yeah i was only basing him off of being able to make that weight because i was watching this like behind the scenes i think it was um i can't even remember the guy who does it but he was showing cody garbrandt's uh weight cutting process and he only was cutting like five ten pounds so i was thinking that this guy doesn't even weigh that much from 135 so i was like shoot if he's cutting five ten pounds or something like that all in one day he might be able to make one but that was years ago and i don't know like if he was dieting prior to that or if he was like so i don't know like what his regimen is or but I'm just assuming he's already a light-weighting guy. So that's why I was hyping him up.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, thing is with that, we, we all had the same reaction when we heard that Jose Elder was going down to bantamweight. We all thought, because obviously he, he'd, he'd had. He, <laughs> which means. Mm.
3: I said he was going to do it. <laughs> I told y'all.
2: Okay, so there was a large portion of the MMA community that had serious concerns about his ability to, to make the weight. And, and 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 understandably so because he he Aldo himself has come out and said that he's had difficulty making featherweight let alone bantamweight but he obviously made the lifestyle changes he he dropped the required muscle mass although funny enough he looks more jacked than ever now but he 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 did right. what he did what was necessary to to make the weight so you never know Cody might be able to make it I mean will he be healthy Hell no like I mean and there'll be detrimental right. of there'll be yeah detrimental to effects to it yeah oh ex- yep. exactly that's another thing as well and figgy hits hard i mean you saw the look on joey benavidez's face when he got hit the first time by him like yeah i don't know but anyway
1: yeah. to bring it back on track <laughs> yeah we digress too much <laughs> from, ch- fr- fr- from chechnya um we're gonna go over now to Dagestan. my man muhammad mokayev if you haven't heard of this so I would say future champion right now. I'm going to say it with my chest. If you've not heard of this future champion now, you sure as hell are going to in the near future. He's a two-time um, IMF champion, and he is just definitely one to watch. Now signed to Brave CF, he's in action this coming Saturday. I spoke to him earlier. I mean, hence the reason why we started a little bit later than usual but I spoke to him earlier and this is what he had to say This is
2: a journey
3: Trouble
1: on my mind. Now, lose. let me just give you your rightful introduction here. You are the most dangerous pound-for-pound pound number one amateur mixed martial artist now turned pro. You're also the most dangerous person on the Brave CF roster. Nobody wanted to take a fight with you. I mean, let's just dole out the accolade because... You've been fighting out of Dagestan by way of Manchester, and you are 23 yeah. and oh. It's a pleasure to welcome you to this week's workcast, my yeah. man. Now, Thank you. Now, Mohammed, let, let's just let's just take things back ever so slightly, just for our international listeners. You are, as I say, one of the most feared men on the roster for brave uh, CF, but you also hold the accolade of pound for pound the number one amateur mixed martial artist. I know you've now turned pro, but let's just go back to your amateur days to rack up twenty three wins. Mm-hmm. What actually drives that in terms of pedigree? I understand you know you're, you're you're obviously fighting out Dagestan, and that is home to a lot of killers. But what's actually driving Mohammed mokayev
4: to like what motivates me? yeah i think uh i think most is like my family you know i, I don't want my family to see same problem in the future what i seen when i came to uk
1: right and, uh,
4: and 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 also like motivation for the younger generation that uh show them that everything is possible you don't have you, your parents don't have to be like rich or you you just have to put effort in and and their time
1: and one of the things that w- which kind of strikes me about you is that you do seem kind of driven, driven to a point where it makes me wonder about your background. In terms of your upbringing, did you have like a wealthy upbringing or were you somebody who, you know, was along with your family, obviously struggling to make ends meet because you seem very hungry for success? Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I used to live like five pounds a day in a refugee camp. Wow. So- uh that's like six years ago and uh, I, I didn't come like from a wealthy family.
1: So in, in terms of your background, you say that you were um well six years ago in a in a refugee camp. How did you actually get there? How did you actually find yourself in that kind of uh situation in predicament?
4: You no, know, my, my my father is you know like uh, my father, you know, had problems. Uh, I came, you know, I was a kid. Right. So that's like a long time ago.
1: So in in terms of those problems, did they actually um, give you the fighting spirit that you have? Because I, I I take it you know for those refugee camps, they must have been quite. Um, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? It must have been a, a quite dangerous experience. I can't imagine that you know it's a safe environment for a kid. Um, uh,
4: you know, like refugee camps, it's it's, it's just everybody from uh, doesn't know English. You can't you can't communicate with anyone. Yeah. So. It could be like either your friends, either you like rivals. You know, some people have coming to the country and try to show they like how hard it was like back home or something like this. You know, and 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 try to be a bad man. You know, but some people stay humble, and it depends what what people you meet.
1: Now. Did anybody, whilst you were in the camp at least, try to to test your skills? Because I take it, you know, you 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 strike me as a kind of person who is a natural fighter. Did you find yourself in, in situations where you had to actually use your skills?
4: No, no, definitely not. I, I, I was playing football and stuff. But when I came here, I only done, like, maybe maximum, like, couple sessions wrestling in, back in Dagestan. That's just for, like, a hobby, you know? And then I, I compete a little bit in karate, so I wasn't, like, a big fighter or something, you know. It, 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 I just, I, I, I always try to avoid fights and stuff like this because I know w- once I came here, I knew, like, any problem on the street, anything could affect my documents and maybe, like, a problem go to America in the future. Right. Where where's their own money and everything involved but but were there any altercations that took
1: place on the street when you were here because i can imagine especially in the uk there there is this kind of like mentality that you know people do like to to test you if you are out of the area or someone who's not um obviously living in the area Were, were were there any tests that you you found yourself coming up against
4: yes most in school i think most in school like i didn't understand culture too much like Someone, like, swore at me, I, I go, you know, I start fighting because, <laughs> I, yeah, because I, 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 I'm I not got used to it, you know, like, like, if you're a man, you shouldn't take, like, uh, something towards you because, uh, you know, you're not like, a, you're not like a trash, you know, so you have to, you have to, if someone say it to your face, you have to, you have to. Give them back, you know. So,
1: is it safe to say that you are not only unbeaten in your amateur mixed martial arts uh, record, but you're unbeaten on the street? Or did you uh, did you drop a, a couple of victories um, on the street as well?
4: Yes, like in school. In school, most time I take down guy and, and punch like body, you know. But I don't want face, so they can't prove. So most guys can <laughs> prove like we had a fight, you know. Right. So, yeah, I take I take and, and and just just show them like don't mess around, you know. But <laughs> once once I start competing, wrestling MMA I, I, I never had these situations on the street. Like I understood I understand how to speak to people now so it, it doesn't get to fight, you know. Fight is very last thing anybody can fight. Anybody but like mental mental wise you have to you have to uh, try mental wise first. Most people break mentally before It
1: gets to a fight, you know? Ah, okay. Well, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here. Tell me if I'm barking up the wrong tree. But in terms of being a Dagestani, I get this impression that not only are they formidable fighters, but they've got like a ferocious reputation in terms of um, racking up wins and, and being a very dominant opponent. Have I got the right end of the stick? And where, where does this kind of, where does this drive come from? Where, where does this like indomitable spirit come from, from a Dagestani?
4: I think it's, uh, I think they're like, like a poor family. So when, when you get the chance to, to show yourself, you cannot like back down, you know? Ah. Because another hungry fights are gonna catch you And uh, and most most think it's like there, there's no nightclubs, there's no like alcohol. There's either gym or either like in like like uh, back like back in ten years they were like a criminal, you know, like go to Moscow like fight with other guys. Yeah. Or either you in the gym. Like education is very corrupt today. So either gym or that's how you feed your family.
1: Oh okay, well yeah. let's just talk about your IMAF career because um, you're a double IMAF uh, champion, right? Uh, if if uh, my notes serve me correctly, yeah, is that that, yeah. that correct? H- how did you actually get the link up with IMAF? How did that relationship start?
4: Uh, I watched uh, 2016. I think 2016 is yes, IMAF in Birmingham, and uh, and there was a Sheikh Khalid, you know, the the Prince of Bahrain. Yeah. And, and and then I've got a present, you know, the T-shirt award for my final, final, uh, final IMF World Championships, like a couple of months ago right. in, in Bahrain. So I got this T-shirt present and I wanted to compete in IMF. So I've seen like there's couple of guys like Connor Hitchens and like Shoei Busev, they used to compete. That's right. There. Yeah, so I, I was watching, looking up to them, you know, because they, they're young as well and I was young. So I couldn't compete till I was, I was 18. And also, I didn't have uh, documents, you know. And once I received my documents in 2017, I asked uh, president of UK MMA, Nigel Burgess, to if I can compete.
1: Ah. Yeah. Okay. Now, fast forward now to um, Brave 37. You are now making your professional debut. But before that could have actually been formulated, it looked as though... That's why I labelled you now the most dangerous man on the Brave CF roster. It looked like nobody wanted to fight you. Just talk me through those pullouts. I mean, do you want to name some names as well of those people who um, saw your name and 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 uh, well ran the other way?
4: Yeah, I, I don't want to mention opponent's name if they call out me in the future. I will I will put this out. But uh, they accept, like nighttime in the morning they pull out some of them. You know, <laughs> wow. So about, like, about six six opponents, you know, five six opponents, easy, uh, been changed through the like through twelve days. Now, okay,
1: maybe I'm filling in the gaps here, but you tell me, do you think it is because you know they they feared actually going up against you, or was it you know um, by the by the by the morning they would suddenly got an injury? What, what what do you think it was?
4: Mm, I think some of them play like mental game. They accept. And see if I accept this. If I accept this, they pull out. But if I don't accept, they maybe say, you know, this, you know, you didn't accept fight or something. You know, that's that's how I think. I, I don't think you can get injured overnight. You know, <laughs> M- maybe your bed, you know, break. I don't know. <laughs> you know,
1: we're we're sitting here laughing, but one of the things that made me laugh as well was. uh Mohammed uh, Shaheed, who's the um he's the CEO um of um, Brave CF. Great. He um he said getting Mokayev a fight has been one of the most challenging things in his career. Now when you hear that does that bring a smile to your face or does that make you sad considering you've got obviously a a a, a lengthy career with um Brave CF going forward it sounds as though it's going to be very difficult to match you.
4: Yeah. It's, it's it was a problem, but you know, they were they were professional enough to find me someone like in three days' notice. You know. Yeah. And so um, I'm I'm happy that I'm gonna fight. I don't want to go back. If if I did, if they didn't find the match for me now, they they have brave 8th of August and 15th. I would stay here and wait till they find someone for me.
1: Aha. now you're currently in Sweden, right? Yes. Now, just talk me through the protocols in terms of getting you fight ready. In terms of, like, COVID-19, has mm-hmm. it been, like, a, a bit of a hindrance having to jump through all the extra hoops? Or, I mean, what's it been like? What's the testing been like? Talk to me about that.
4: As yes, we had test this morning, you know, like, horrible. They put, they put like, in the nose, you know, some, like, uh, stick. But I, I don't understand this, because... We are already in the city. We've gone through the airport. Everything is. I I, I never understood this test. Like uh, um, I know it's like for safety. Like you know whatever, but it's already whoever got infected. It's infected. It's too late. But I don't know. I
1: don't know. <laughs> but you're 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 clear and ready to fight on Saturday. And uh, speaking of which, they finally found you an opponent. It's Glenn McVeigh, right? Yes now what do you know about Glenn or is he just another body for you just to rack up your 24th win
4: no you know I had like different opponents like I can I can take you know someone out but we, we choose like to like we, we don't want to fight someone zero and one or something like this we fight this he's he's 11 and 5 like I am like Cage Warriors champion whatever he is and like two years ago he called me out using my name ah. I did like yeah i didn't even notice him because who i don't know he had probably like seven fights back back then so now he's talking too much trash talk like with whatever i don't know how he wants to affect me but i know i'm in his head and these kind of guys they don't even sleep until morning you know because these guys who are fight before they talk trash they they tell me after fight you know i couldn't sleep and stuff like this (laughs) so this this another guy like this, you know. So so I don't this uh, I don't know what he's re- relying on on Instagram or whatever, you know. I'll so, speak to him in the cage.
1: So I mean, just on that kind of like um, trash talking in the run up, I, I take it from you that you're a very respectful um, type of guy. With this trash talk, does that motivate you even more to have a a, a more emphatic victory?
4: Yes, you know, uh, if you look at my record, all guys that been finished, they all been trash talk. Like for nah. example, like Jack Eglin, if you know, he talked trash and two weeks notice, I take this guy and finish him in two rounds. All the guys I take decision like I'm off, like I compete four times in I'm off and never ever I had trash talk with any guy. This this how it works, and and I think most dangerous guys that actually are quiet, you know, so so it depends depends on on the game. No? Okay. So if you if you're confident in yourself in your in your uh, skills you in the shape you don't need this talk.
1: That is true. That is true indeed. You know, just one final thing. When you're actually walking out on Saturday, who's actually going to be behind you? Cuz I know when you first um came to the UK, you were with Cowboy, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So you've gone from Cowborn. You're a little bit of a nomad. Um, you've gone from Calbon. I've seen pictures with you, with um, Brad Pickett and Nathaniel Wood at uh, GB Top Team.
4: Dean Garnett, uh,
1: yes, yes. Yeah, and um, who's actually going to be walking out with you? But before we get there, I'm just intrigued. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the gyms which you've actually been with, because um, I have to say you've, you've you've just in those two you've been with some formidable uh, fighters. I mean, Brad Pickett. It doesn't get any bigger than that, and you know to be coached by Colleen Heron at uh, Cowboy, I mean, they they got some serious killers in that gym. So just uh, just on the, the actual fight camps and the actual uh, fight gyms, uh, where, where where else have you been then? I've
4: been Tiger Martial uh, KHK Bahrain, you know, the Prince of Bahrain. Yeah. I, I went Tiger Moatella here three times, but I, I trained at Aspire in Liverpool. Now, this is like uh, this where I train every morning, every night. So, like, I left Kabul long time ago, about ah. three years three ago. So,
1: right. So, how did the GB top team uh, hook up? Look, come?
4: GB top team in Nafanil Wood preparing for his fight in UFC recently. Yeah, he invited me and Garnet for as a sparring partner. Ah. I said,
1: Okay, okay. Yeah.
4: I've only been there like five days, four days.
1: Okay, so mm-hmm. I, I know I said that this was going to be the, the last um, question, but I'm intrigued. i, I get getting the feeling that, you know, you are going to make an emphatic statement this Saturday. Are you looking to finish on the feet, or are you going to take him down and uh, smash? I'm
4: going to finish him on the feet. <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: okay, well, we've heard it here and uh, we're going to be tuning in on Saturday. We can't wait to see your professional debut. Congratulations on such a stellar career so far. And um, this Saturday, I think, is going to be your coming out party. I can just feel it.
4: Yeah. Yes, guys, if whoever watching this, tune in and uh, watch Brave. I'll be around 6, 7 p.m. UK time life and great incredible
1: the whole point of me actually bringing Mohamed uh, mokayev to the table um, not only am I high on this guy I mean like I say he's laid waste to the amateurs at, uh, at IMAF but um, for me this is definitely one to watch but I just wanted to ask do you think we are now in the Dagestani Chechnya era of mixed martial arts, it just seems like across the board. Whenever, you know, we have somebody from either Dagestan or Chechnya who like steps in the in the cage, it's like total dominance. I've never seen anything as ferocious or as um, as frightening as uh, you know when a Dagestani or a Chechnian uh, takes to the cage.
3: I think you're right Mm. and it's weird because like we look at the evolution of sport it's always been in waves like of course america dominated for the first years because it started here then you had the brazilian takeover and then you had like some people kind of having some life in the uk then america took back over like started reclaiming championships and then we got off obviously the outliers with china and you got like some russians but now like they're starting to pour in and dominate like we got i'm just i really do think that it's gonna be a takeover like as much as people try to say that there was a nigerian takeover it's like all right well there's like four prominent nigerian fighters in the ufc right now who are actually Mm, doing something you have like kennedy shichuku you got um uh israel adesanya kamaru usman and sadiq yusuf and some people say hakim Dawodu, but he doesn't necessarily claim it but like that's what i'm saying like they actually have numbers they have like 20 plus fighters who are gonna come in here with undefeated records people like i didn't even know who this guy was until you pointed out that you got the interview and i just started going through his fights like He's legit. He's not just winning by finishes. He's winning decisions. He's fighting in five round, 3 minute fight like he's le- a legitimate prospect. He's he trying tiger tire than mm-hmm. like I'm I'm going to start watching all of his fights. So I appreciate you for putting me on. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mike, once I hear Dagestan, I watch all of the fights. I might not be able to say <laughs> <their names. laughs> Yeah. Once I hear Dagestan, I'm tuned in. That's it it's over i don't care if it's on a prelim the main card another organization i just tend now to pay attention to these men they're ruthless they're very good grapplers or like they're they're just violent and then they're just yeah, like very it, frightening yeah they're frightening and then they're like hella weird i'm just gonna be honest it's like intrigues me you know you never see women around they're very you, you know like their ideals are different from us you know these. I don't. They're nothing like us. And I'm in. I'm intrigued. And then on top of it, they're really good at the sport that I love. So, like I said, prelim uh, Brave FC um, organization. I don't know. I can't pronounce their name. I watch. I'll be watching this kid. And I'm doing a little research on him now. His record is impeccable.
2: Yeah, you know, undefeated.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah, and from Dagestan. Tuned in. Can't say his name. It'll take me a while, Mike. We'll work on it. But <laughs> Muhammad Makayev. I mean,
1: and you have to seriously get no. to know. Okay. And the, the
2: thing Punisher. is, the punish. The thing is with mm. Makaev as well. He beat highly touted prospect Rio Yamaguchi three times. I mean, Mike, I know you know <laughs> who exactly. Rio Yamaguchi is. He beat him three yeah. times, yeah. man. I mean, mm. that just shows you the caliber Who's of that this guy? man. Uh, Rio Yamaguchi. He Rio is thirteen, Sagan. and then I think Yamaguchi's only losses are. Th- yeah, I think there only are two. Um, did we? Did we lose them? No, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, he's here. I ain't He's leaving. still,
0: he's still oh, in. Oh, he in, went in. out. Oh, he's with us. Oh, okay, sorry, he went out on my part. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm, I'm still no, here.
2: I-, I don't know why my. <laughs> don't know why my thing's dipping in and out. I'm still here. I ain't leaving. Y'all can't get rid of me. That. you can't get rid of me. <laughs> good, good. yeah. I was like, just yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Yamaguchi. He. I do believe he's from a live gym. From He fights out in Nagoya, Japan. And as I said, mm-hmm. his only losses are to um, to uh, uh, Mikhaev. And I like how in the years that they've been fighting, the, the IMF have been building up the rivalry between them. And I hope that they actually get to do it inside the a professional cage as well.
1: Well, that about wraps up this episode of the WOCOS. Join us on Monday, when we'll be breaking down the past weekend's UFC action until then make some trouble
2: let me hear
0: your say